Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. friends and welcome to the Dance Principles United podcast. I am so excited to be joined by Joseph Brown of the Library Aesthetic Dance Media. Hi Joseph, how are you? Hello Amanda, good morning. So good to have you join us. Now, a lot of people would know you from MDM. Um, you've done some amazing work with MDM Shoes over, I don't know, a lot of a lot of years you've been involved in MDM, is that right? It's been eight years now, which oh, wow. always surprises me. In fact, it came up it came up relatively recently. And uh, it, it's one of those things that pops up and you go, eight years, how did that happen? My goodness, <laughs> time, I'm so sick of it. It just goes bang. <laughs> Time flies, but we're here to talk about um, the Library Aesthetic today, which is a new venture. But I thought that we'd start by introducing uh, you to our listeners. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey, Joseph, and something I don't even know. I'd love to hear about your background in dance and how you kind of uh, came into this incredible industry that we have. All right, I'll try to give you. I'll try to do a really sort of brief, <laughs> <The> brief. overview. <laughs> but basically, I came in quite late. I mean, yes. I started. I started break dancing back in the 80s when it first wow, came into really? Australia. Yeah, and <laughs> I can't um, see that from you. That's so cool. I know it sounds bizarre, <laughs> but I, I was one of the first break dancers. I actually taught break dancing at the oh, Hornsby wow. Village Fitness Center up in Hornsby. Amazing. Um, when it was, you know, and would have been one of the first break dancing instructors in Australia. There was about 3 or 4 of us down there. And um, I, I wasn't particularly good, but I was just that little bit better than anybody else at the time. Absolutely. It was all so new. Um, but look, and then I got involved with um, a couple of uh, some girls over at Asquith Girls School wanted to do some drama and asked us to come along to a Friday night dance class. And one of them in particular, I was very smitten with and desperately wanted to kiss. <laughs> and and so I was willing to do just about anything, even go into a drama or dance class. And so um, a mate and I could have snuck away on a Friday night to a uh, and put some leg warmers on and snuck away to a Friday night jazz class but look, so 80s <laughs> so 80s and then she and then look she basically then coaxed us into coming along and doing some drama over at mm. uh, Asquith Girls the, the school that I was at had none of this and uh and look I just fell in love with it I fell in love with the people I fell in mm. love with the process I fell I didn't I, look honestly I didn't fall in love with being on stage I was a very very nervous performer and I probably okay. was my whole career mm. I was someone who really struggled to get on stage but once I was on stage I was fine it was like that little moment of having to get on stage was just I never really really conquered that to be honest yeah um, it was always a struggle. It was always uh, full of self-doubt and having to overcome that little hurdle. But yeah. I loved the process. I loved mm. the people. I loved that it was a place where, you know, difference was celebrated and you can be a little bit quirky. You could be a little bit odd. And like lots of kids, I was someone who didn't feel like I fit in very well. Mm. And when I was young, I felt a little bit out of place you know, lost all the blah, 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 yes. all the same things. All and the teenage feelings. Yeah, all the teenage feelings. And look, so coming to, to dance particularly, which is not words, uh, it was like a revelation. It really was. Mm. So I got drawn into dance. Um, then that sort of drew me to think, you know, as I got to sort of year 11, it was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And the only thing I could think is that I wanted to be involved in the arts or in performance or in dance and drama somehow. So I 
so I started trying to look up where's the nearest fame school because fame was all I knew as a frame <laughs> of reference. That was the cool thing. <laughs> that was the cool thing on TV and it was the only frame of reference I had and the McDonald College of the mm. Arts in Sydney was the closest um, that there was. Uh, there was nothing else like it of in course. Australia at that time. Yeah. And so I ended up going in year 11 to the McDonald College and they put me into a ballet class and I was now 16 and I'd never done ballet, never seen a ballet. And, with, and at first, yep, yeah, I struggled. I fish out of water, but within six months, I had absolutely fallen in love with ballet and fallen oh, wow. in love. And again, I know, really bizarre. Never done mm, any ballet, had so, been yeah. sports all my life. There are lots of reasons for this. It's probably quite complicated, um, but a lot of it had to do with the people, the mm. people that I was involved with. I just loved their vision. I loved absolutely. how clear they were about what they wanted to do. They had a very clear sense of structure and purpose. And yeah, I fell in love with them. And then that became my vision. And then Australian Ballet School, I got accepted after I did a, a year of full time, went to the Australian Ballet School, got accepted into the Australian Ballet after two years of wow. the three-year course um, because the right works were coming up, Spartacus, Equus, things that were mm -hmm. needed strong, tall males. Yes. So it, the repertoire suited my, my style and who I was yes. at that time. So that was lucky. And that got me my foot in the door. And then I was able, from having my foot in the door, to do all the work that was needed to catch up. And so I spent time and I ended up becoming a soloist at the Australian Ballet, but I had a, a fairly severe Achilles tendonitis injury. And oh, I no. thought, yeah, I was going to have to, I was, it went chronic and I was going, mm. I was on like anti-inflammatories for about a year and a half to keep me performing. And I thought, this is ridiculous. They mm. said, you're going to have to have surgery. Um, at the time, that was the, where I was. And I thought, look, I had a friend who was working in Turkey in a modern dance company said, look, why don't you come over here and spend six months and maybe it'll get better. And so I did. And then I fell in love with contemporary dance. I ended up spending a 13 months living in an Ankara in Turkey, in the middle oh, wow. of central Anatolia, doing some commercial work on the side in Istanbul, doing some modeling and oh, sort of wow. dance commercial that work. That would have been in, a in very Istanbul. interesting, was this early 90s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have been a very interesting place to live in the early yeah. 90s. Yeah, so that was fun. And then I ended up ringing up Graham Murphy, who I'd worked with on Nutcracker in 1991, 92 mm. at the Australian Ballet and saying, look, and I'd really loved the, what he did with Nutcracker. I loved how he turned it into a, an Australian story. I loved yeah. how original his storytelling was. I loved his Everything theatricality. Of Graham. <laughs> Everything yeah. Graham Murphy is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up... Um, calling him up and saying, look, I'd love to come and work with Sydney Dance Company. And fortunately, he, he'd taken a shine to me. He thought I was really good and given me some opportunities when I was quite young. And so he uh, took me into Sydney Dance Company and I spent the next seven years at Sydney Dance Company doing lots of work. I did take six months off at one stage for a sabbatical because I had some other injuries and I went and did a musical and I fell in love with musical theatre. Oh, wow. You just kind of keep progressing through it all. I right? loved, yes, yeah, so I ended up going back to Sydney Dance Company, but I did take about, I had ended up with about nine months taking off um, and I did Man of La Mancha, which had um, Anthony Wallow and Caroline O'Connor in it. And I had a very small oh, wow. role, but I got to... I got to clear up all of my injuries. I got to keep working and I got to experience something different. And mm. I fell in love with musical theatre, that singing and acting and dancing all at a high level, all coming together. Loved it. So then at the end of seven years, <laughs> I got called up and asked to audition for Dirty Dancing, the classic story on stage playing Johnny Castle. So that was a terrible American, American <laughs> accent. I never do them anymore. But I ended up uh, getting the role of Johnny Castle, and I spent the next five years doing Johnny Castle around the world, two years in Australia, New Zealand, two years on the West End in London, and then a year, oh, wow. year travelling through America as part of the pre-Broadway tour, doing um, 
Johnny Castle in Dirty Dancing. And then I came oh, back, did a, did a couple more years of musical theatre, a couple of different ones. So you had a long time on stage. I was 42 when I finally stopped dancing eight shows a week. Wow. So, so you yeah. had a really impressive long career. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but wow, that was such a long like time on stage and so yeah. impressive, especially seeing you'd had injuries and things like that along the way to be able to keep going through that. Well, I never had injuries that took me off. So I yes. never had I never really had an injury that actually where I had to take time off. I had mm. injuries where I mean I say that like I could have taken time off, but what I chose to do is go and do something different mm. and f- explore my body in a different way and find some other way to move and some other way to find a way to keep going. And I, I think that, you know, I, you can't always do that. I certainly wouldn't recommend it sometimes because there were times when I pushed through when I absolutely shouldn't have. Yes. And and that's damaged my body to this day. Mm-hmm. So there are things that I carry now when I should have Yeah, should listen have to your body more, yeah. Well, I was listening, but I was also <laughs> listening to something else. <laughs> that Absolutely. Was saying, that was saying Absolutely. fight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Absolutely. So, but uh, I think that's so, about yeah. evolving, right? Like, yeah. And regardless if you're a performer, a business owner, whatever that is, like how incredible is that to keep evolving and keep, you know, exploring new things and learning new things? I think that's always so, so powerful. I'm so sorry. I interrupted you. You said you're a No, you have to interrupt came... because I'm so, I'm such a rambler. <laughs> <laughs> So you came back to Australia. You'd finished touring Dirty Dancing, um, and then did a few did other shows. Back? Officer yeah. and a Gentleman uh, choreographed a musical, a small musical here um, in Sydney, and then mm. and then I sort of started to get more into the acting side of things and wanting to just get into acting. And I got I ended up doing a few bits and pieces, and then I got a job on Neighbours, and I spent two years working on Neighbours playing iconic um, <laughs> Matt, Matt Turner, and I had a family, and we were a new family that went on to Neighbours, and. So I spent two years and we moved down to Melbourne. And and that's basically where the story changes because my wife started working with Tim and Simone, who are the founders of MDM Dancewear. Okay. And and (laughs) here's the story. Tim Mm. used to date my wife at at (laughs) Sydney Dance Company. And I used to, and and I'd I'd been lucky enough to dance with Simone um, at the Australian Ballet. So our paths had crossed and we'd gone a long way. A few and times, we, yeah. And we'd gone a long way back. So we sort of went back 20 years. Mm. And so she started doing some work for the, them while I was uh, on Neighbours. And and the company had only just started. So I was there right at the beginning hearing the stories, understanding what Tim was trying to do and what his the foundation of MDM was and the innovations he'd created. And then um, about it was probably maybe three, maybe four years later when – he said to me, he basically said, look, we're at this stage where we want to try to go international and we want to expand. Do you want to be a part of that? And, oh, fantastic. And I just, I don't know. What an opportunity. To, yeah, and you get to a certain stage in your life. And again, you, you talk about evolving. And, mm. you know, I'd started doing some teaching work by that stage. And I, I enjoy teaching. I really do. But I think it was that idea of evolving, like I, new I've challenges, always, new challenges. Thank you, Amanda. Thank Absolutely. you for encapsulating that. So much more. I think it's always, yeah, it's so exciting. Isn't it like something that you've probably never done before is exciting yeah. with that challenge. Exactly. And, mm. and it's interesting how you draw on the things that you do know and you make them work in this sort Absolutely. of new. So you bring, bring all of who you are and what you've learned into something and then try to do it in your own way. And so, look, I've really, was really enjoying and have been enjoying and continue to enjoy that process in working with MDM. But 
to continue the story. So that's basically my personal journey up until Absolutely. up until that point. So that's amazing. What that's a, my like, performance journey. You know, I didn't know half of that. Like I've known Joseph <laughs> for a, a couple of years and didn't know. Yeah. I, I knew that you had a bit of a performance background. I'd, I'd done a Google. I saw that you're on Neighbours, um, <laughs> but didn't know you'd had such an extensive, uh, huge dance career, which is so, so incredible. Congratulations on that. Oh, and I guess you. that brings us to the next part of your journey, which is your new challenge, the Library Aesthetic Dance Media. So do you want to tell our listeners what is it? Why yeah. did we create this? Okay, so we created it. Um, first of all, I started working with MDM Dancewear. And as I mm. said, um, MDM has, it's a specialist footwear company. It's Australian. And Tim Heathcote, who developed MDM and his wife, Simone, basically Tim created this um, foundational dance-based support, which is the innovation that sort of underpins all of the footwear in MDM and makes it quite unique. Now, as a con I'm not here to plug MDM necessarily, but it's really important to the story because as a consequence of that, we started talking with a lot of physiotherapists and podiatrists yes. um, because it was all about the foot and how we can create something that's more physiologically you know, beneficial for dancers and mm. helps them technically set, set themselves up. And so we started talking with physiotherapists and podiatrists. And as a consequence of that, we ended up going to this conference called IADAMS, which is the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science. Okay. I'd been I'd been in dance for thirty years and I'd never heard of this organization. Is this and an American it's, organization? It's an American organization, but it's massive, mm. and they have a membership all over the world. They have this conference that happens. They did a little I Adams X in Sydney, and then they did an I Adams X in Melbourne, like a TEDx, okay. sort of yeah. in Melbourne and Sydney that we attended, and then we went off to their international conference in Houston. And then we went on, and since then we've been to Finland, we've been to Montreal, we've been to Limerick. Oh, wow. They they, yeah. they have it somewhere different every every year. This mm. year it's going to be in Rimini in Italy. So um, it's a huge organisation that obviously isn't very well known in Australia yet. Well, the physios do. All of the yes. researchers do. Okay. Anyone to do with dance medicine or dance research, they, know they all know it. that. And, and but the fact, studio owners and the teachers, not so much probably as yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the current vice president mm. and will be president in about two years is actually Australian. Oh, wow. Um, works at Sydney University, Claire Hillier. Mm. So, look, there's, it's an amazing organisation. But when we, when we went to the first conference, we were really blown away because we're listening to all of this stuff. We're talking to all of these people. We learnt so much about how we should talk about our footwear and that we needed to change some of the language. So that's fantastic. Mm. They really challenged us. But one of the things that we saw was that there was this massive gap between this organization who I've never heard of and mm. all of these amazing researchers and dance health, uh, dance health practitioners that are working specifically in dance and the knowledge that they have. And in 80% of cases, and look, I'm generalizing, I don't know that it's of 80%. Course. But in about 80% of cases, that's just my gut experience mm. it's not reaching the local dance studio no and, and you know i hadn't heard of it um as a studio owner as a teacher yeah. you know a, until you'd mentioned it so i think that's probably true right like a lot of yeah. probably our listeners have never heard of that yeah and look there's so much amazing information out there but it's not necessarily mm. dripping down as easily and as readily as it could even with youtube and instagram and facebook and twitter and twitch and TikTok and all, all of things. that, <laughs> yeah. it's getting there. It's getting mm. better in some ways. But I think the industry is kind of fragmenting and half of it or maybe even more is going one way and it's going less dance health and the other one's going very dance health and it sort of feels like it. Anyway, we thought, why don't we create a bridge 
why don't we create a bridge? Because we understand marketing, we understand branding, we under, we spend most of our time, 95% of our time, talking with customers, dancers, and studio owners, teachers. Mm. That's where we spend our time. So why don't we create a bridge? And that bridge is basically a Netflix for dedicated to dance, a collaborative, a collaborative streaming service that's dedicated to dancer health, inspiration, fitness, and well, and and mind and wellness. Mm. And and so instead of having your normal, you know, like if you went on Netflix and you'd see, you know, comedies or blockbusters or Hollywood films, and yes, our carousels. We still have our latest, but mm. then it says. Then it says physiotherapy. Then it says nutrition. Then it says mind and wellness, technical training, Amazing. strength and conditioning, um, mm. inspiration, motivation, short dance films. What about all your YAGP solos that you need for classical ballet? What about um, some articles? So we've got articles, we've got podcasts, we've got interviews, we've got videos. There's about a thousand pieces of content on there. Oh, so wow, all, it totally already. is a Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and we'll keep adding to it. And we've got amazing content creators, Lisa Howe, Sally Harrison, Zach Jones from Heal Yourself and Moo, um, Strength for Dance, uh, Fifth Position Method. I'm just off the top of my head trying to think of them all, of course. Uh, which is terrible. But we've got incredible content creators. And, uh, yeah, and we're just at the start of the journey. I think mm. I told you just before we came on today, we're only two months old today. Oh, wow. happy birth- congratulations. Happy, happy month birthday. <laughs> uh, so, uh, look, it's the start of a journey. We don't know exactly where it's going to go. We keep saying, have we just developed some very expensive, very time-consuming <laughs> community service project? Um, I'm sure not. But we hope it's going to work for everyone. It has to work for everyone. It has to work for all of the, the people involved. So iAdams is one of our um, – they've come on as a supporting organisation. Thank you, yes. iAdams. The RAD have come on as a supporting uh, major aligning partner. M- MDM, of course, Acrobatic Arts. Block have come on as a as a major supporting brand. So we've yes. been able to bring together, even though we're MDM, we've been able to bring together organisations, individuals, syllabus, brands, all together in to benefit, hopefully, dancer health. And that's... that's a- sounds amazing. Sounds so exciting. I've been <sighs> checking it out and it looks... Incredible. So, you know, uh, people that are interested, who's it kind of aimed at? Is it aimed at the teacher, the studio owner, the dancer, or is it for any anybody, I guess? Well, look, at the end of the day, obviously we'd love it to be for anybody. If mm. I'm completely honest with you at the moment, I think most of the content feels like it's slightly more skewed to the teacher. Yes. Um, to, the te- uh, to teachers and sort of older dancers. That's not necessarily where we want it to be. That's just the content and the content creation that we yeah. had. But that doesn't mean to say there's not content on there for, for dancers and even, you know, 12 and up, I would say. Mm. Um, there certainly is, but that's areas, they're the areas we need to sort of flesh out over time. You can't, like we could have waited until we had it all everything fleshed out where we'd probably be another 12 months away so you but i think you gotta launch it before it's ready right (laughs) thank you you just launch it and fix it in the mix and you know there's heaps on there already and then we and then we'll just we're just constantly adding to it we're constantly adding new content creators constantly adding new content and so it'll just continue to build and evolve and as we get feedback from the subscribers from the users they'll sort of start to tell us and we'll be able to see what they're watching and what they're not Mm. watching and what they want, what they want. And that will guide us as to be able to tell our content providers and say, hey, guys. So there'll be a feedback loop that happens here. No different to Netflix, right? 
they know what we're watching and what's working and they keep you know producing more of the same or you know moving down that genre I love that so much I've been checking it out and uh, as a studio owner, you know, I really looked at it and thought this would be such a great um, tool for teachers, you know, really great to uh, educate, upskill your teachers, um, especially for me, you know, uh, my studio is in, uh, uh, was in, not is, still working on that. <laughs> um, but, you know, in regional area where we don't get a lot of access uh, to as much as we would like, let's be honest, because it's just, you know, the time constraints to get to the city. Um, but, you know, just being able to educate yourself from home, learn mm. a little bit more about, you know, new techniques, you know, about nutrition, things that you can then pass on to your students. That's where, to me, I just think it would just be absolute key. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Uh, thanks, mm. Amanda. Um, th- that's exactly right. Um, hopefully, I mean, the idea is that you would come looking for something specific, maybe. Hey, I'm a 13-year-old girl. I've got bone density issues. Maybe I'm not eating right. Can you help me? Or yes. I've got hamstring problems because of blah, blah, blah. How can I you know, strengthen my hamstrings? You might come looking for something specific and there are search engines you can use on there to, to find that. Um, we're in a stage one of development. Stage two and three, our vision is quite massive and we've got some really big plans for it. Exciting. Um, but but they'll probably take some investment as well. But, you know, and we have to get going first. But look, at right now, you know, the hope is and that people will come looking for something specific, but that they'll fall in love with the play because one of the things I love about um, streaming services is that I'll get on there and I'll find things I'll stumble into things that maybe I haven't seen in 20 years or maybe it was 20 years old and I missed it or maybe it's something new that I just haven't heard of and I stumble onto it sounds interesting I tap on it I go wow that was amazing and Mm. now it's taken me on a journey a journey of discovery some in new directions I wouldn't have expected to go and all of a sudden I'm just in this explorative mode of just going, yes. wow, this is really interesting. Now, there's a double-edged sword, as we all know, because you, sometimes you sit down with a glass of wine, you spend <laughs> half an hour trying to find something, <laughs> and you still can't find anything you want. But And all of a sudden it's midnight and you're still up and watching things. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, seriously. But, you know, I, I think going down the rabbit hole of dance health and dance inspiration and fitness and wellness is never going to be wasted time. You're always mm. going to sort of come away going, even if it's five minutes once a week or ten minutes once a week and you learn one new thing, and one of the things that we wanted to do is because there's a lot of content out in the world. There's, you know, you can scroll through Instagram, YouTube, Absolutely. Facebook, whatever it is, and find stuff. But what we've done is we've put it all into one place for you to make it easier to find. Mm. And we've, we're making sure that the people that are on there, the information is reliable and credible. And that's I think that's a huge kind, thing, right? It's a massive thing because just mm. because you're the best at, uh, getting numbers on the page on your Instagram Absolutely. page and likes doesn't necessarily not, sometimes it does but it doesn't necessarily mean that those mm. people have the best information so Absolutely. and I think they might just be so really key. good at branding and marketing and absolutely all the things, so. you know I have a um, 11 year old dance obsessed daughter yeah. um, and you know it's that thing right like you know she scrolls YouTube to look at uh, you know stretching techniques and things like that and I often find her watching you know some other 12 year old teaching you know stretching techniques and I look at them going I'm not really sure that that's appropriate and this girl doesn't actually know what she's doing and I'm sure a lot of uh, teachers would uh, resonate with that that they're hearing that that's what they their students are doing or their children or whatever that is and you know I have actually said to her and you know um I'm lucky that, um, you know, 
I know a little bit about what she should be watching and I'm watching that. But I think so many of our dancers are just jumping in there and watching whatever comes up. They're watching the cute girl in the cute outfit, teaching stretching techniques when she's not that much older than them and doesn't actually know what she's talking about. Well, that's and sometimes usually... they're unsafe, right? Well, 100%. And that's usually mm. the way it happens, that they resonate with someone that's a little bit more like them. Absolutely. But then they're probably not getting the best information. And look... A lot of the time, maybe it's okay and it's a bit of fun, but you know, some, it, 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 it can, can be, be serious. Yeah. It can be dangerous, and it and it's not going to necessarily give them the longevity that we would love them to have. As at the end of the day, we want people to in, love dancing and love their dancing. Come away with stronger bodies that they know their body, they really understand their body because that body that you're setting up through dance. Most of us are not going to be dancers. That's not what it's about. It's about yes. just setting up the human being as a as a as a great human being with bonding and friendships and discipline and dedication Absolutely. and passion and love for what they do for the craft and, and love of learning and you know all those yeah, things and and the just, body yeah and Absolutely. the body because that's going to be with them forever so i think that's you don't so want to be like you just said wind that. up like me with a whole bunch <laughs> of injuries that i probably didn't have to have quite honestly yeah had i been a little smarter or someone you know, or maybe if I'd taken advice, a bit better as well. So, oh, abs absolutely. And I think it's so um, important that you said that because, you know, speaking from my personal experience and talking about my almost teenage daughter, um, you know, look, I, I don't think it probably at this stage that she will be a dancer. That's mm. not what it's about. God However, no. I love that, you know, she is keen to learn, yeah. learn new techniques, to invest in herself. And I think that that, you know, uh, it it translates to other industries, to other careers, to, you know, just being a uh, interested human who wants to keep learning and educating themselves. So I love that she wants to learn a little bit about nutrition and what she should eat before class mm. or, you know, better techniques to get, you know, her foot flexibility improved or whatever that is, right? And mm. I, I, I love, you know, that that idea of investing in yourself yeah. and educating yourself constantly regardless of what the outcome you actually want is. And look, um, all, yeah. all of those things that you learn in dance, and like mm. we've, we've all talked about this a million times, haven't we? But, you know, Absolutely. The, the, the dedication, the discipline of a performance, of having to be ready on time with a group responsible to a group of others or just to Absolutely. yourself and turn up, be prepared, those are skills you are just going to take everywhere. No matter what job you do, they're just skills Absolutely. that are going to just are just completely transferable. And you mm. learn them in dance. You learn all those things. Turn up to class on time. Be prepared. Listen to people. Collaborate with people. Work in with a group. Also, be able to stand out when you're required to, and you know, be that soloist. But also learn to be able to work in with a group as well. Yes. And be collaborative. Like all of these skills that dance is teaching. Cross disciplines. Being able to move across disciplines. And sometimes they're not going to suit you. That discipline is not going to suit you as well, but how do I make the best out of it? Even though that style doesn't necessarily suit suit me as well as it might suit somebody else. How do I learn mm. to make the best out of it? How do I adapt in that situation? These skills are completely transferable um, into everything that we're going to do, you know, yes. any job you're going to do. So, uh, yeah, and we learn them through joy and through fun and passion and moving to music and being healthy with our body. So it's the best, I honestly, and I, I can never stop raving about how good dance is. Um, Absolutely. Like, but, uh, but look, the library aesthetic, 
that's basically what we're trying to do. We're just trying to create a dedicated platform for dance and dance health. So I love um, it. That's hmm. so exciting and so exciting for the future of dance. You know, as we're evolving, we're moving more online, all of those things. I'm so excited for the future of it. And I know you said you've got lots of uh, more content coming on. But in the meantime, if people want to check it out, what should they be doing? What are they looking at? Uh, tell us a little bit about how to find all the details. Well, easy. Just go to www.thelibraryaesthetic.com. So it's not the Library Aesthetic Dance Media. You'll see Library Aesthetic Dance Media. It's just thelibraryaesthetic.com. And once you get there, there's about 50% of the content that you'll find on there is just public access. You Amazing. can just click and just, because we want it to be accessible for everyone. When we created this, one of the things that was really important to us is that money should not be a deterrent to being able to learn. So at least 50% of the content on there is public access. You will find stuff in almost all of the genres that you can watch. Some of it is subscription. Now, the subscription we're trying to make as affordable as possible. It's only $5.99 a month. That's US. Amazing. It's $5.99 a month. Now, with that said, so less than $100 a year or about $100 a year, um, Australian. Um, but with that said, one of the reasons we wanted to make it accessible is because, you know, when we first created it, we were thinking, you know, North America, Europe, the UK, Australia, New Zealand. But we also realized that there are these fast emerging markets in places in Western dance forms like India, like uh, parts of Southeast Asia, parts of South America, parts of Africa, where you've got these fast emerging markets in Western dance, but they don't necessarily yet have um because they're so they're emerging so fast yes they're not they don't necessarily have enough teachers to support you know how fast it's the learning the thing and, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah and how how fast it's becoming popular they certainly don't have specific physiotherapies in ballet yes. um nutritionists in dance mind and wellness coaches in dance and mm. how how to teach a dance class so we thought god if we could create this and get it to those markets as well they could leapfrog, it might help them leapfrog forward and miss some of the problems that we've had. So making it affordable is really important. Absolutely. Like I said, we're just at the beginning of this, but um, yeah, we hope it's going to work for everyone. Sounds amazing. Well, I'm so excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Jump on, check it out and support it now so that it can grow together as an industry. I'm super excited for the future of the library aesthetic joseph thank you so much for joining us it was lovely to hear a little bit about your vision and about you personally thank you so much for having us or um, well, joining us on the podcast this week oh my absolute pleasure thanks amanda can't wait to see you guys next week make sure you go check out the library aesthetic um, their website check them out on socials because i know you are going to love it as well